If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I am uh, trapped in my pantry recording another podcast. And, you know, I always like to say about the show that uh, I'm talking to Manitoba musicians and Manitoba-adjacent musicians. And I use that adjacent thing to sort of uh, encompass anyone who is from here or has lived here and is maybe living abroad right now or, or they've moved to a completely different country or they're working somewhere else. Because I think that like if, if there's a Manitoba diaspora, I think it's quite huge and there's, there's a lot of people uh, doing all kinds of creative stuff that, that have roots here or have connections here that are now, you know, spread out worldwide and the guest in this episode is uh pretty far away from manitoba at the moment but we can get into that in a second i think the, the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of background about what it is that you do musically yeah for sure uh first thank you sam for having me on the show um my name is Dijana, and uh i grew up in winnipeg i wasn't born in winnipeg but i grew up there and in high school i decided i want to pursue music and so I did some university, did uh, U of M, and I just finished um, my master's at uh, Berkeley College of Music in Valencia in Spain. Oh, cool. Okay. So now I'm just hanging around in Spain and, uh, you know, living the European life. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very different and it's interesting, so I'm sticking around for a while. But musically, um, I my interest is uh, jazz music and I play drum set, but I really love writing music. And um, at this point in my life, uh, I've been in school for so long that I think this is my first opportunity to explore uh, the the music that I I truly want to write and the things that are in here. You know, I yeah. want to express some things. So I think this is like a new new chapter in my life where I get to explore things. That's well, probably a cool place to be to to do that to have uh, you know you know starting a new chapter in a country like that which is it's like you said so radically different than than what you would normally experience here, for sure. Yeah, completely different. So I've had a lot of um, I mean over the course of doing this show I've had all kinds of musicians on genre age you know interests whatever it's a pretty a pretty mixed bag here in Manitoba as you know. Um, but you're a drummer, and I haven't actually talked to a lot of drummers. I've talked to a lot of bands where maybe there'll be a drummer as one of the four people on the show or whatever, but but actually sitting down and, and, and talking about drums is not something that's really happened um, that often. So what was the what was the draw for you? Because that's, I mean, there's a lot of instruments that people get into when they're younger, and drums always seemed like, as someone who played in, in terrible bands as a teenager and in my early 20s, 
there's always was someone who had the drum set and they had obviously spent more time and energy investing themselves in that instrument because of the the size of it and the unwieldiness of it and it's it's not like you can just take a guitar and carry it on your back i mean a drum a drums kit is a it's an investment of time and, and training and all of that so what what drew you to drums uh when i was 10 years old uh i was like grade 5 right before grade 6 we had to pick band instruments and i came home and I was talking to my dad, and he said, uh, yeah, like, if you don't know what to pick, maybe you should play drums. And he meant drum set, but I told him, no, no, Dad, it's concert band. You can't play drum set in concert band. He's like, okay, well, just do, like, percussion or whatever. Yeah. So uh, we had to audition. So I auditioned for percussion, and my dad started teaching me uh, some beats. Like, so I played with my hands on my knees. Oh, cool. He gave me a bunch of challenges, and uh, so I started doing that, and he saw that I was just instantly interested. Um, as a as a note, uh, my dad uh, just casually plays bass. Oh, cool. Uh, he really loves music, and yeah, music has always been a part of my life, and so that's how I started playing drums. Um, and throughout high school, I played drums, and then eventually I decided that, uh, wow, like, I actually wanted to be an engineer and um, thinking about it and going to some career symposiums and things like this, I I really realized that I could not do a whole degree of engineering. So I decided to pursue music and yeah, I mean, carrying drums is is terrible, (laughs) horrible. I haven't, I actually don't have drums with me right now. Oh, really? So I yeah, I've been practicing on a practice pad for like two months. I just have my cymbals laying somewhere and yeah, just practice pad and just listening. So yeah. it's been different, but interesting. Oh, I believe it for sure. Uh, one of the things about drums too, is I think that a lot of people are under the misapprehension that, that drums are strictly just there to keep a basic rhythm, right? A lot of people just see it as it's a background instrument. It's there to keep time. Other than that, they don't want anything to do with it. What is it like kind of being creative on drums and using that as, as an expression for you. Wow. Because of maybe uh, the stereotype, right? Of drumming, a lot of people just don't think of it as, as something that, that necessarily has that range of expression that, you know, a piano or a guitar or a saxophone or something might have. Absolutely. Um, drums is a very interesting instrument to me because it's a relatively new instrument. Um, the, the drums that came together in like the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it, it's still a very uh, very new instrument, something that you can explore and find different textures. And the thing with drums is textures. Like I really love brushes and yeah. um, and different you know different ways of of playing each drum or each cymbal. Uh, there, there's so much nuance in everything. And it's very beautiful if you really get into that. And if you uh, yeah, if you get out of the mindset of um, like this symbol makes this sound, this drum makes this sound. If you just open your mind yeah. and let yourself explore, it's a very, very flexible instrument. And you can really get a lot out of it. That's cool. That's, I, I, think, I think that a lot of people know that to a certain extent too, but it's, it's very easy to just write off drums. Unfortunately, I think, I mean, cause some of the, you know, there's so many great drummers in history and in so many genres that have really, you know, impacted the way popular music has gone forward. And I think a lot of the time it's an under-respected instrument, maybe, um, in terms of its creativity and it, it, 
being able to do some lead type stuff, you know, uh, when everything else kind of gets, oh, it's the guitar player, it's the singer, it's, but yeah, drums are, drums are, as you know, obviously, right? Drums are important. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's very interesting that you say like pop music, uh, like throughout the years has yeah. established some kind of uh, role for the drum set. And that's an amazing role. And that's actually a very hard role. Um, and just the, I think just the ability to, to use four limbs at the same time is... It's know, hard. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, you know, just this this stuff. Totally, yeah, 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 yeah. So what what are you doing now? I mean, like you said, you don't have drums with you um, where you are right now in Spain. Have you been able to be creative while you're there? I mean, obviously you have to a certain extent, I mean, clearly, but how do you sort of... Uh, is a practice pad enough for you? Or do you, do, do you like need to go out and seek out... Uh, a drum kit somewhere to, to actually, you know, go full out on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm always looking for opportunities to play a drum set. So, uh, like last week, I I went um, to record some things in the studio, and I got to play a drum set, you know, and yeah. mess around with that, and, and that was also fun because, uh, yeah, like you said, I since I don't have a drum set right now, I'm I'm doing a lot of uh, uh, actually writing new things and. Um, really getting into logic and okay. I have a MIDI keyboard and I'm just, you know, uh, composing right into logic. And so I brought a bunch of these demos into the studio and got some friends and we just recorded some things. So that was fun. So cool. yeah, I'm trying to seek out, uh, you know, opportunities to play drums any chance I get, uh, um, to supplement the practice pad. Um, but also writing and yeah, yeah exploring, um, music, uh, softwares. Cool. Cool. Is that a different, um, do you feel like you need to kind of split your brain to a different section of the brain to, to, to deal with that stuff rather than playing, you know, a hands-on physical instrument or, or is it similar kind of, uh, uh, brain is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Is it a similar, similar mindset to creating music on a computer program versus, versus the physical hands-on, uh, aspect of it? That's a very interesting question, actually. I've never thought about it, but I think it's the same. Yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just the, the the mode you know yeah i guess the basics of it are still are still there regardless of what what uh yeah yeah okay i think so yeah when you were um when you first got into playing drums and, and you first realized that was sort of your your passion what uh what type of music were you influenced by like what were you sort of aspiring to do um as a musician when you when you first really really locked on to drums uh so when i was 10 i really liked acdc okay so that 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 type of uh, music is is what I wanted to play. I think a ten year old uh, could probably play every ACDC song on drums too, because they're pretty straightforward, true. right? You know, it was like the you know the, the entrance, yeah, the barrier yeah. entrance was very low, so that yeah. was fun. Uh, but then, yeah, when I started playing, I was really into um, just uh, straight ahead jazz and uh, bebop and yeah, uh, those types of things. And then in university, I got to play. Uh, with big band a lot, so I really enjoyed that. I still really love big band, and um, I would love to do that again. Um, and now, uh, actually, uh, it's it's shifting a little bit. It's very interesting. I, I don't know where where I'm going, but uh, it, it's interesting because now I'm discovering soundscape and mm-hmm. I'm discovering film music and um, maybe more. Uh, music that that reacts to it, it creates a scene or something like that you know 
rather than yeah so I, i'm not sure but jazz is i think my launching point yeah Thank mm-hmm. you.
you think that uh, maybe this is a weird question, but did you think that uh, the type of music you're describing, like cinematic music and soundscapes and things, is that maybe more um, deliberately created rather than jazz, which is more impulsive and more improvisational and more kind of uh, in the moment? Is that maybe the difference between the two? That's a, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think when you compose film music, for example, yeah. you have uh, you have time. You have the time to make decisions. And you have the chance to revise your decisions. Um, but with improvisation and jazz music, for example... You have to trust your gut. Yeah. And it's a very vulnerable feeling. And it's interesting how, you know, you can feel, you can be comfortable feeling vulnerable in jazz improvisation, but you can also be comfortable being vulnerable intentionally. Okay. okay. And I think that that might be even more scary. Yeah, because you're you're making the conscious decision to okay, yes, I'm. This is what's happening. It's yeah. not like you can't just say, "Hey, yeah, it was a solo," you know. <laughs> well, yeah, there's an actual uh, direction that things are heading with a with an endpoint and a, and a start point in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, it's yeah, it's scary. I don't know vulnerability. Wow, that's a. Is it is it is it difficult to to shift from that that jazz mindset uh, of being able to. Be in that moment and, and be improvisational and everything to then focusing on something that is more written and is more kind of laid out uh, deliberately. Mm. Or do you feel you can kind of switch back and forth pretty easily? I, I think I think the way uh, that I think about composition is is very much the same as how I think about improvisation. Okay. So a lot of the time. Uh, like the seeds of, of the ideas for a composition will arrive fairly quickly. Okay. And I just have to take the time to sit down and decide what I want to do with these seeds, how I want to grow them. Yeah. Um, and and the, the beautiful thing about composition is you have that opportunity to grow the seeds and take the time and plan it out. Uh, and with jazz, you ha- have a seed and you kind of just go with it, whatever you have in the moment, which yeah. is also super cool. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Very similar. Very similar. What is your, what is your plan sort of um, going forward now? I mean, you're over there. You're not, you're not, you're not in Winnipeg. You, I guess you're going to probably stay there for a while. What is your plan as a musician? Like, do you have, um, are you hoping to play shows out there? Are you hoping to, uh, I know you've been doing some recording. What's sort of the goal now that you've, you know, school is finally behind you <laughs> and you can you can focus on the actual you know being a musician part of being a musician without having the, the studies involved at the same time um i think my goals are uh to to finish up some other projects first to re- release this uh the project that i'm working yeah. on right now uh which is a suite and so i would like to release that fairly soon mid-october okay and uh and i have some other things uh, already written. Mm, this other project is already recorded, actually, so I just have to do some uh, some work on that. Okay. And yeah, I just have a lot of things of things I want to record. So I think that's the the direction I'm heading in. And yeah, live shows as well. And I just have to f- find a, a nice situation for uh, 
you know, a, a good place to live, but also to play shows. I think that's a uh, that's the balance that I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah, it's, that makes a lot of sense. You yeah. <laughs> has has this you know the situation that everyone's been in over the past year and a half or more with the pandemic. Have you been? Um, how has that affected you? I mean. I know you're in another country right now. I don't know what the different what the situation is like over there. But have you been able to? Um, be, uh, I guess the question I'm getting to is: I've talked to a lot of people on the show during this time, and it seems like it's one or the other. People have either been extremely creative and have used the time to their advantage and just come up with like you know endless amounts of music, or they've been completely blocked and they feel like they can't because they can't perform live because they can't you know often play with other people. They've just been kind of shut down. What has your experience been uh, throughout the pandemic? Um, so in March, when everything started, I was still in Winnipeg okay. and, uh, I, yeah, I decided that I was going to write every day. So I was, as an exercise, I was writing every day and I was practicing, uh, a lot. Um, so from March till September, I was doing that and it was, it was okay. Yeah. And then I think the best decision, um, that I could have made in a pandemic was to go do a master's degree um, because it it was the perfect time to do it, you know? There's no distractions, the, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit sad during the year because there's a lot of amazing people in my master's degree and we wanted to hang out, yeah. but sometimes we couldn't. Um, but it was a very good choice because, like you said, yeah, there's less distractions. Um, there are less opportunities as well, True. but I think it was a good investment. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's a, it's a mind game, you know, and if you can win, win the mind game of, yeah. okay, we're, we're in the situation, how can I make the best of it? Then I think, uh, you know, I think you can do it. So I, I tried to try to win okay. the mind game and I tried to do things that, uh, I knew would benefit me. So, Yeah. Did the music for this the, the suite that you're hoping to release uh, in October, was that already written prior to the pandemic or is that a project that you've worked on throughout this time? No. So that was actually my, my thesis okay. for my okay. master's. Uh, so I started writing it in November and from about November till the end of April, okay. I want to say, it went through many different iterations and many rewrites and um yeah i basically had at at the end i had three suites that i wrote um choosing different movements and everything there's a lot of music material and then i decided like okay this and this and okay this doesn't fit together so i have to write one more thing here um so it was a long process of trying to put that together um but it was all done from November, uh, and then we recorded in uh, in May. Okay, okay. May twenty eighth. Yeah. So that's a good use of that time for sure. <laughs> get, get, yeah. get all that done, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that when you, when you sent me some music to check out, which uh, I I loved it by the way, I was really really excited about you releasing this because it's 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 great. Um, but you mentioned that you know it's meant to be listened to, obviously since this is a suite, I guess as one large piece of music rather than kind of being cut up piecemeal. And I think that you have the benefit of, of jazz being one of the few genres where that's almost still okay. <laughs> Cause we live in this weird world where the way music's consumed, right? It's all in such short sound bites and people are used to things being on shuffle and randomized. I guess maybe the question there is, is 
do you think that people are going to be willing to give you the time to your project to absorb it all as a single piece or do you think that we're all too uh, short attention spans now that, that, that people are going to sit there and skip around and does that affect sort of the way that you feel about the overall uh, piece of music if, if you know that probably someone's going to be sitting there grabbing a piece from here and a piece from there and maybe not in the order you intended Wow. Yeah, that's a heavy question. I, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's yeah, late at night. No, that's when the heavy questions come, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I think uh, music should be written through a, uh, uh, music should be written from a very genuine place. And this, this music is written from a very genuine place. And I think if uh, if one person has the, the capacity to listen to the whole thing, I think uh, I think I'll be very happy. Yeah. And if uh, maybe one person um, is is happy that they took the time to listen to it and and they enjoyed it and they don't feel like they wasted their time. Yeah. I think I'm happy. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, some of the the pieces they uh, they for sure work by themselves. So it's it's like structured as six things. So yeah. there's three three interludes and six uh, sorry three interludes and three movements, and um, I, you can definitely listen to it separately. But I feel like the the cool thing is with this suite is it starts off very very gentle, very. Um, very natural yeah. and then as the the suite progresses it gets it gets to this more uh, more harsh uh sound quality yeah some heavier like lots of rhythm and lots of layers so i think the beauty is in the development it's not necessarily in the individual parts and i think i think that's the beautiful thing about any any album is the development and sure and you know like it's not fun like instant gratification that's not you know like the do- dopamine hit yeah 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 well it's and i guess more, there's more certain, certain art that's made for that though right i mean and this obviously isn't there, there's certain art that it's going to be two minutes long and it's going to be something disposable and, and and brain candy and just kind of uh then move on to the next right but yeah obviously the amount of work and 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 the connections between the different movements in there and everything that's something that should be taken in as a whole yeah which i mean brain candy is is also uh super cool sure yeah <laughs> it, it can be it can, there's a time and place for it yeah yeah i love brain candy when i'm tired i definitely don't want to listen to something like that you know like the sweet I'm like no 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 yeah yeah um yeah so i think maybe there's a time there's a time and a place for it and yeah people find the time and place that's amazing
How are you um how are you planning on releasing this? Is it going to be a digital only thing? Are you going to do physical copies? And the reason I ask is for two reasons. Number one, I'm a huge nerd for physical media, so I always want to know if people are doing it because I want to get a copy. And the more of an actual question is is jazz has also also has seemed to me in other interviews with jazz musicians um one of those genres that still CDs are still a viable um, format. I think country is another one, but there's, they're, they're, they're really getting... Uh, it's, it's disappearing, unfortunately, but what were your plans? What has your experience been, I guess? What do you, what do you feel is a good way to, uh, to make this available so it'll reach the best audience? Yeah, that's a great question. Absolutely. CDs and jazz are still very good, um, and they do sell. Yeah. Uh, I was actually... I was researching both CDs, and I wanted to make a few copies of vinyl, but so expensive. It's too bad. Yeah, you have to make at least a thousand to have a you know kind of a nice price, and yeah. that's that's a lot of vinyl. You know, like I can't give my parents thousand copies of the same <laughs> album. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, most people I know have boxes of CDs they couldn't even get rid of, right? Well, you, you, no matter who they are. So yeah, I think that that's one of the uh, one of the problems. You pay a lot of money and then you have it sitting in a basement forever. But yeah, it, it would be cool for sure. It yeah. So I mean. For now, I think I'm going to release it digitally uh, only and then maybe uh, think about releasing it as CD. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's good to hear. And I'm, I'm always happy when I hear that there's people who are still doing CDs because, you know, I, as people who listen to the show know, I mean, I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I kind of hoard um, physical media in terms of like CDs and tapes and records and stuff. So it's always, uh, this whole era has been depressing with <laughs> Spotify and everything else. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's, that's good it's to boring. Hear. It's boring. It is. It is. Just... Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, especially with something like what you're doing too, because you know, one of my favorite thing, ways to listen to music is put on something that I fully intend to listen to start to finish, sit down, look at the liner notes, get all the information I need about who's playing on it, who produced it, where it was recorded, all that statistical stuff that, you know, a lot of people really don't care about anymore. But I feel like having that in front of you sort of is part of the experience, especially when you're taking in something that that's, that's not brain candy, that is this, you know, longer, more uh, involved project, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's interesting. You mentioned that, like having, um, having all the credits and everything and maybe some, some explanation mm -hmm. uh, like on a CD cover or somewhere uh, is super helpful and it adds to the experience, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Well, provides I, you I, sorry, context. Sorry, I, I didn't yeah, mean to interrupt. It provides you context. I was going to say, yeah, for jazz especially, I have a lot of old jazz records and the whole back will be this essay written by, you know, whether it's another musician or a, a critic or, or someone else. And it, it goes into like great detail about the concepts and about the themes and everything. And I think maybe that's... Um, that helps with that with instrumental music, right? I mean, with primarily instrumental music. I know there's jazz vocalists too, but you know, it's typically an instrumental genre, and and it's not as obvious, I guess. You can make emotional, you can make feelings and emotions out of the music, but it's not um, straight up written out like like something with lyrics. I mean, you know, if you have a song and someone's singing about how sad they are because their dog died, you you know that's what the song's about, right? Whereas you know, you could be doing the same thing instrumentally and and maybe the feeling's still there, but the actual context of what is causing that feeling isn't necessarily there. And yes. that's not a question, I guess. <laughs> Go ahead. But no, no, but that's, that's amazing because 
uh, instrumental music is beautiful in that way sure. where you you have an intention, uh, but the beautiful thing is someone listening uh, will have a different, completely different, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, it's like projection, you know, mm-hmm. it's like whatever you're listening to, that's how you're going to, you know, whatever's bothering you at that moment, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this person was feeling it too or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, well, you, you filter through their, their own experiences, right? And Yeah, you, you, you make it into whatever you want, you yeah. know? So it, it is another filter of, of like, uh, creating meaning yeah. for the piece of art, you know? It's, uh, it's an interesting thing. I like that because, yeah, like, something with lyrics is, is, is so much more direct about what it means and what the feelings are about. But, yeah, you're right, instrumental music can can be filtered in all kinds of crazy directions depending on what the person is, uh, what they've gone through and what they're feeling. Yeah, yeah. One thing you said a few minutes ago uh, about how it's coming, you know, this music you've made is coming from a genuine place. That's, interestingly, a concept that comes up a lot on this show with talking about Manitoba and talking about the music community here. And there seems to be, and this is something that I just keep thinking all the time, and other people have agreed with me, I'm not sure what your take will be, but is that Manitobans in general, whether it's jazz or hip-hop or punk rock or country, whatever it is, they have a very high bullshit detector. And the idea, if you, there seems to be a very immediate nope if something is not honest and not genuine, not actually coming from the artists themselves. And I think that's why Winnipeg and Manitoba in general has had so many you know, really unique artists kind of break out on the national and international scale rather than just, you know, people doing the same thing that's popular. I think it's because that honesty and that genuineness is is something that's sought after here. And I don't know if that's the same everywhere or if it's, uh, you know, something specific to Winnipeg, but I definitely feel it in, in any genre of music I'm listening to locally is that the audience can see right through someone faking that there's something else. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. And it's interesting because... Um, I mean, I know way more about maybe like jazz musicians and jazz scene in Manitoba mm-hmm. than other styles of music. And uh, it, it's interesting to see that actually a lot of Manitoba musicians, um, they're, they're all over the place. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a lot of jazz musicians from Manitoba, they go to New York. You know, a lot of people, for example, that for a while they were going to, to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's there are people in Spain, uh, like I was talking to Curtis Noah said, and he was telling okay. me of a trump, trumpet player in Madrid. So, um, you know, there are musicians in in France, for example, from Manitoba. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty crazy how there's something in the water. Maybe you know, <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it, it seems like you know, obviously all these people go go elsewhere, but yeah, there's some, whatever they they drink here, I guess, is is it propelled them on forwards? Like, do you feel that way too? That 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 just growing up within the jazz community here in Winnipeg is that like sort of furthered you in the direction that you wanted to go? Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, the fact that um, the U of M is in Winnipeg is is very helpful. Yeah, uh, for, for jazz musicians. Um, you know, you could always, and there's a lot of things and whatever, but, uh, um, there's like pros and cons to any school and just in general, like music, uh, a university is not the place you should be learning music, but that's yeah. besides the point. Um, but there are a lot of amazing professors, 
like throughout my life that that have that have pushed me and and influenced me uh you know mm, uh, someone like john gordon yeah um who i just know, interviewed he, recently he, actually he'll, he'll be on an episode yeah, a few yeah. before you yeah 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 perfect um yeah and he he had he released his new album it's great yeah um so someone like him you know i'm i'm very appreciative of and i i really uh i'm thankful to him for uh for everything he's taught me and, yeah. you know, the, the fact that he's been pushing me and, you know, still, I'm not, not a student anymore, but still he's pushing me and that's cool. helping me. And yeah. So I think, I think that's something special about Mentoba. That's yeah. I think, I think that that kind of is in line with almost every other jazz musician from Manitoba I've interviewed over the years for sure. Is that that idea of it being more of a community than just kind of a, a music scene. It's everyone, you know, people. I guess also, small small scene means people all work together, and you all get to know each other, and, and you get to you know bounce ideas off each other and everything too. So that that probably helps as well. Absolutely. So if people are hearing about you for the first time on this podcast, what's the best way? What's how would you introduce them to your music? Like, where should they go online to to hear stuff you've done, or uh, now, or in the future? Uh, I think. Um, I mean, Instagram. I still have to get into into my you know social media yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm not really I'm not a huge fan, but um, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to work on on a way where I can I can incorporate that and. Well, maybe that just just to, to to pause on that original question for, for a second. I think that that's uh, not an uncommon uh, thing for musicians to have because you know, we're in this weird era now where you have to be not only the creative person, but you have to do the marketing and the business stuff and all of this promotion stuff that, you know, in previous eras, it wasn't available to everyone. So people would, you'd get someone else to do it for you. Right. And now everyone is expected to be their own publicist and things like that. So, I mean, that's, uh, it's hard, right? You, you, you can ace the creative stuff. And then it's like, how do I do this whole other skill set? Like, have you struggled with that at all? Like just trying to, trying to, wrap your brain around how do I make myself like, you know, known? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not my goal, but like to make myself known, but for people to hear your stuff, I guess. But, yeah. yeah. But just to, to, you know, share things. Uh, yeah. It's, it's weird because I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know. It just feels weird sometimes yeah. to me. Uh, I just, I'm trying to figure it out, but yeah, like Instagram, I think I, I have links to like my website or something, which will, um, lead you to SoundCloud awesome. and Bandcamp, and and then the new release will be um, on Spotify and Apple Music and everything. So I think if you go to Instagram and then you go to the website, it'll have everything. Cool. And then you're thinking uh, you're hoping for mid October for the the new release. I'm I'm hoping yes. Cool. That's I have to figure out. So now I have to figure out like all my. You know all my materials, some some videos, yeah. some some things, and tell a story. You yeah. know. Well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for when that comes out because I think that I think that that from from what I've heard, it's it, like people are going to dig it. I, I what you I like what you said earlier about kind of the um the way it moves from from soft and gentle to to something more you know aggressive and abrasive and that that type of stuff, especially when it comes to jazz. I, the more weird it is <laughs> for me as someone who comes from punk rock and things like that, you know, and d- d- discovered, discovered jazz, like, you know, when in my thirties, 
I've always been drawn to the, the the more out stuff. So whenever I hear something that's that's uh, and like just mentioning John Gordon, the first track on his new CD is very much uh, like a free improvisation, and that that right away hooked me into his record. And I think that yeah, having that kind of like noisy, uh, almost discordant kind of weird stuff uh, is is definitely cool. So that again was also wasn't a question, but yeah, just uh, <laughs> I dig that stuff, and I'm looking forward to other people hearing hearing your release. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Sam, for saying that. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks again for doing this. I know it's a ridiculous hour of the morning uh, over there, but uh, I'm glad we could uh, okay. we could connect. Now I'm fully awake, so it's all good. Awesome.